I feel like I'm gonna start crying, but I'm not. Oh, I do. Stop. I'm like tearing up, but it's like I wanted to just jump out of my car and run back to LA for you. Doing that without you made me realize how much I missed you and how much I wanted to do, share those moments with you. Mm-hmm. So immediately, of course, I start texting her and kind of like fuckboy style, I guess you could say, just like kind of <laughs> casual, like, "Hey, what's up?" You know. <laughs> Welcome back to Interstates and Heartbreak. Today's podcast interview is truly such a special one and perfectly timed for Valentine's Day. In a lot of ways, it's a nice balance to my previous episodes because I started this podcast when I was single and a lot of the stories that come up are about bad dates or about exes who I'm no longer with. And part of the reason is because, yes, those are some of the entertaining stories to reflect on, but also because they do provide some important context around lessons I've learned and ways that I've grown as a dater as I've kind of gone through these experiences. But today, I'm really excited because I have my boyfriend on the show to discuss our relationship and really just focus in on that and to actually stitch together some of the tidbits of stories that I've shared about this relationship piecemeal on prior episodes. So that includes one story in particular that I've alluded to before. And in previous discussions with guests, I've talked about, you know, defining the relationship as a topic that's come up a lot. And so a couple times I've kind of recapped this story of this time when I was talking to a guy who I wasn't exclusive with yet, and I'd been getting some mixed signals from him. And so I just got to this point where I was sick of being in this gray area. And so I hype myself up. I'm like, okay, we're going to go to dinner. I'm going to bring up the whole discussion of where we stand and kind of what I'm looking for while we're at this dinner. Of course, I chicken out. And so I don't actually bring it up at dinner. We end up going back to his place and it didn't actually come up until we were mid makeout. So that story actually pertains to Michael, my boyfriend and I. And this was back in fall of 2020. And in the moment during our interview, I actually do reference that same story with more or less the same detail that I've always given. But I feel like since we're diving in a little deeper into our relationship, I can reveal that in actuality, it was way more awkward than that. We were not just making out, we were like literally in his bed about to have sex. And he looks at me and realizes that my face is kind of weird. And like, I'm clearly not in the moment because I'm just like preoccupied and kicking myself for not having brought up this big discussion that I was hoping to have earlier in the night. And I'm like, well, can I bring it up now? It feels like it's too late. Fortunately, I didn't have to. And he was like, what is going on? Like, what are you thinking about thinking I was going to give a completely different answer? And so then I blurred out like, I'm just confused about where we are and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, the rest goes from there. So to say the timing was suboptimal is an understatement. But thankfully, he didn't hold it against me. And honestly, I'm just going to leave it at that because I can't wait to dive into this interview so that I can introduce you all to Michael and you can hear from him yourselves. All right. Hello, Heartbreakers. Welcome back for a very 
extra special, extra romantic episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. If you're listening to this the day that it comes out, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And so, of course, given that we're a dating podcast, I had to do something extra special for the holiday. And I just can't think of anything more special than interviewing the guest I have today. So a few things about him. He is a very rare Los Angeles native. He is a first responder, he's a drummer, and he's a burgeoning crypto bro. But most importantly, he is my boyfriend and he is today's guest, Michael. Hey, Heartbreakers. Happy to be here. So excited. I have never been both so comfortable and also so like awkward about someone seeing my podcast persona for the first time in real life. I'm really nervous. You're nervous. I'm really nervous. Why are you nervous? I'm a pretty private guy, so... You really are. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to be here, but I am nervous. Okay, that is like such a perfect transition because... See, you're like already a natural. So you are a very private person. And so when I posted on Instagram, like, oh, my boyfriend's coming on the podcast, post any questions that you have for him. People were obviously very excited, but there was a lot of surprise, particularly among people who have met you or who have either asked me in the past, when is your boyfriend going to be on the show? And my response was initially, never. He's not interested in that. (laughs) So I guess, you know, I'd love to go through the evolution of your relationship with the podcast. And to start off, so when we first met TBT, March of like 2020, I'd already recorded 10 episodes, but it hadn't come out yet. So it was in this weird place where I was like, okay, it's enough of a passion for me to bring it up. But it was also low stakes because there wasn't anything that you could listen to. So I was just like, yeah, I have this dating podcast. And in hindsight, I'd love to hear, like, what did you think when you heard that I had a podcast about dating? I thought it was really cool. Really? Yeah. I thought it was spectacular. So I guess, like, what was your, I don't know, I guess, assumption about what it would be like? Because I feel like you have dating podcasts like Call Her Daddy, and then you have dating podcasts where it's, like, advice and therapy. Well, let me preface this by saying I have never listened to a dating podcast before I listened to yours. Wow. So I didn't have any expectations. And yours is incredibly well done. Well, I mean, you haven't listened to any others, but I guess it's fair to say this is the best dating podcast you've ever heard. I have listened to a few others. Really? So still the best you've ever heard, though, Still the best I've ever heard. I'll take it. I'll take it. So I guess, like, was there any thought of, like, oh, does she just go on dates for content or any concern that maybe I would end up talking about you on the show at some point? I think what I first thought about when you told me you had a podcast was how amazed I was that you're putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And as you say, I am a drummer and a somewhat creative person in my own personal music aspirations. It takes a lot of guts to put yourself out there and open yourself up for criticism. And before you even publish your podcast, the fact that you were doing that and putting all the work in and the effort really caught my attention. Really? Really. I'm blushing. Aww. (laughs) So that's what I thought about it before I even heard it. Wow. That's so nice. So I guess, you know, I love that you were so supportive and like took such a positive spin on it, even as you were just getting to know me. And we're going to get to this later. But when we had like a break in our relationship, I remember one of the things you said to me, 
was, please don't mention this in the podcast, this being the breakup itself. So I guess at what point did you go from like having such a strong aversion to even being mentioned to saying, you know what, I am down to be a guest on this show? I think as I gained confidence in myself and Mm. just where I am now versus a year ago is totally different. Wow. I love that. I feel like there's a lot to dive into there. There is a lot to dive into. Which we will. Don't worry, listeners. Um, Okay. So I feel like in terms of like listening to the podcast, that has also evolved because I remember initially you kind of took the stance of like, you probably weren't going to listen. And I was totally fine with that. You know, I really am so happy that you listen and I love it and it shows so much support. But if conversely, you'd been like, I'm never going to listen to this, I would kind of understand in a way. And it also takes like some pressure off maybe of not having to worry if something's going to come across weird, or if maybe you'll feel uncomfortable listening to me talk about something. I think initially, you're actually pretty adamant about telling me that I don't have to listen. And I can't say for sure what your motives behind that were, if they were just to guard yourself against my potential judgment mm. or negative judgment on that. Um, or you not wanting me to hear certain things? Um, or maybe think it was just bad and, and lose interest in you because of that? I can't say. Mm-hmm. But I do remember you telling me not to feel obligated to listen. I guess it's kind of like a chicken and egg because I remember you being like, I don't know if I'm going to listen. And then I feel like I said, well, you don't have to. But I don't know, like maybe I actually did lead with saying you don't have to listen and then that set the tone. But what I will say, it was definitely not shame over the podcast. I also feel like I don't divulge anything so crazy. Like it's definitely not call her daddy levels. So part of it, I think, was just saying, you know, I had this recent episode where I talk about having separate interests from your partner. And so saying, like, I know you emotionally and mentally support me, but if podcasts aren't your thing, like, I didn't want you to begrudgingly listen to this thing just because you're like, I have to, I'm dating this person. Well, I don't listen to every episode. Yes. But I do listen to you telling me about every episode and all your guests, Mm -hmm. and I love hearing about them, and I think it's fascinating what you do so i guess at what point were you like you know what i'm gonna just ignore her and i'm gonna start listening um we can get into that later i listened to a lot of it um i think during our break Mm -hmm. i was listening to a lot and then sometimes you just have really interesting guests and Mm -hmm. i'm really curious about what they have to say that's fair that's fair and also uh, being a firefighter i am away from home a lot so sometimes when I miss Leslie, like if I'm on a brush fire for two weeks and we have a eight-hour drive to Northern California, I will pop in my headphones and pull up her podcast on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me feel a little a little closer to home. Oh, my gosh. That's so sweet. Wow. Okay. Well, I love that so much. And the fact that you brought up that you started listening kind of during our break, it was interesting because I was talking to my cousin when I visited him like for his wedding last summer. And I was telling him about you and telling him about the podcast because he was very curious about both. And he had a very interesting theory. So I told him that, you know, you listened while we were apart. And he's like, oh, well, you know why he did that, right? And I was like, no. And he's like, you wanted to see if you were talking about any other guys. No, no, that's not why I did it. Okay. Okay. So we put that to rest, but it was an interesting theory. I was like, wow, I didn't even think about it from that perspective. No, I think at this point in my life, I'm confident enough and mature enough in my 
relationship experience that I don't see the purpose in getting jealous. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people this if they ever ask me for relationship advice. um, It's either a fuck yeah or a no. There is no in between. Mm -hmm. It's either a fuck yes, I want to be with this person, or no. And that goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So if the person doesn't want to be with you, you there's no point to pursue it. I completely especially if you've already given it you know your best shot. Yeah, and I actually talked about that in another podcast that came out just today. So Mm -hmm. I talked a lot about our breakup when I was on We Met at Acme. Yes, and I still need to listen to that. Yeah, I'm curious what you think. But one question she had for me was like, yeah, you've had a break before. Like, how do you feel? And do you ever get nervous about the fact that things might end again? And I was honest. I was like, yeah, in the beginning, sure, that was something that was in my mind for sure. But then I also said that you kind of have to be confident in your intuition. And if you're not doing anything to make me feel insecure, then any insecurity would just be like residual from the fact that we broke up in the past. I said, you know, like, I didn't try to get him back, you know, like he came to me and I was like, he was rid of me. So if he really didn't want to be with me, like, why would he go through the effort of rekindling things? You know, you would really hope that someone wouldn't do that. And I know it happens. I was a zombie, but Leslie brought me back to life. I feel like not quite a zombie because you're no? a ghost. I feel like a zombie has to oh, be like a ghost. Oh, zombie has to be a ghost. Yeah, because they're like oh. dead. Apologies, heartbreakers. But Apologies. Learning moment for dating terminology. So one question actually that someone submitted, and it ties well into you saying you don't listen to every episode. Do you have a favorite episode or favorite episodes? Um, favorite episodes. There are different types of episodes that Leslie does. She does really fun, bubbly episodes, and then she does really serious episodes. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't like being on the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't say I don't like being, I don't necessarily enjoy, mm, how do I say this? No need to be diplomatic. I'm a very private person, so I never before this had any interest in being on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I always found it interesting and fascinating when she would mention me or she would mention bringing on guests that mentioned certain topics that you know we were experiencing you know in our own relationship yeah so i think one of my favorite episodes and was really insightful is when we were experiencing our tumultuous time last winter before we broke up you brought on a a rabbi that Mm -hmm. specialized in interfaith relationships Mm -hmm. and it was a time when I was pushing Leslie away and I was using my Judaism that I was born into, which I don't even believe in, as an excuse to push Leslie away over some Christmas tree stuff. Heartbreakers is ridiculous. But that was just a, I would say, a symptom of, you know, other shit that I was dealing with mm-hmm. and trying to create distance between Leslie. But then when she brought on that rabbi and she was explaining and, and it was really insightful. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly insightful to hear what she had to say about how we're raised and how all of that impacts us and how we think and our logic. And it's kind of our preset plans and we don't even realize it. But when they talked about that, it really just like clicked in my head like, wow, hmm. that's so right. And it completely changed my point of view and my mindset. And it was so insightful that that's the kind of stuff I love about Leslie's podcast. Hmm. 
I'm glad it was so helpful. I think that was a really interesting one for me to record because when I connected with the rabbi, it was before we had broken up. And so we had a pre-interview discussion where I was like, yeah, my boyfriend's Jewish. And so this is a topic that's really salient to our relationship. And then I conducted the interview. And then at the end, I told her that we had broken up. And so it was definitely relevant and topical, but in kind of a sad way. But I'm happy that it was able to kind of shed light on things and help provide some clarity in that time that we weren't together. It definitely was. It definitely was. Yeah. Um, other favorite episodes? I really like the one you had with the strippers. Mm-hmm. That was that one just came out like a few weeks ago. Yeah, it did. It's called Call Me By My Stripper Name. It's a good yeah, one. that was really just insightful and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I loved how they were just ragging on J-Lo. Oh my gosh, I like, know. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't got no moves. I was like, okay, I was too embarrassed to say this to them because I was like, I wanted them to think I was cool. But I was like, I thought that was good dancing. Obviously, I'm they're not a pros. stripper, so yeah, I... and they're pros. Yeah, I, I trust their judgment. And also the other revelations about that we won't get into here, but I was like, okay, you're right to shit on her for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, other podcasts, other episodes I really liked. Um... I really liked another recent one, the solo episode you did after our trip to Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you talked about how I didn't want to watch um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bachelor. Bachelor. <laughs> the Bachelor or The Bachelorette? I mean both. <laughs> one and the same, right? One and the same. So it was like about was how Michelle you didn't season. want to start The Bachelor when we were in Puerto Rico. Yes. So Leslie loves The Bachelor. I do. If you didn't Guilty. know Guilty. I watched part of Michelle's season with you, and yeah. I didn't get into it. I and you did. watched some I of watched... Matt James's season, too. That was fascinating. God. It was. Was... Yeah. It's like, now I know it's cool to make out with your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, Leslie I... loves it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that was just interesting. Yeah. It's just like, but it honestly gets, it gets you sucked in. It mm-hmm. really does. Yeah. It really does. So, and I think in Puerto Rico, it's just not something I need to, you know, block out on my schedule to watch. Yeah. And I think you were a little upset at the time. Not like not that. Ups- I think upset. I was just kind of like surprised. I was like, oh, you know, and then I was mm. like, dang it, this was my chance to suck him in. Because to your point, it's like, if you watch the pilot, <laughs> you're probably going to be like, well, okay, what happens now? Like you pick a favorite, you want to see how far they get, all this stuff. But I think it's... It's healthy to have boundaries and mm-hmm. to accept people for, you know, who they are, not who you want them to be. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're like, yeah, that's cool. He doesn't want to watch The Bachelor with me. That's cool. He yeah. watches it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when I do watch it, I, am, I do get pretty engaged. And you I probably very, get I probably very get engaged. Too, sometimes too, you're more engaged than I me. I think so. I think <laughs> <laughs> it like really sucks me in. So Yeah. It's also so long. God, the episodes are so long. I know. I feel like there was one time you watched a finale with me and you're like, this is three fucking hours. I think I said three fucking hours. Yeah. Fuck. It's a commitment. How many balls of wine can you finish during a batch episode? I mean, challenge accepted. We'll find, or I'll find out tomorrow, I guess. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. I like that you kind of have a range of episodes. It's like a range of topics that kind of resonated with you and that you found interesting. Yeah. You're all over the place. I mean, which is great, which is what I think it's so refreshing. And you meet so many interesting people. I really do. Yeah. It's great. I think it's awesome. Yeah. So I feel like we at this point have alluded quite a bit to the fact that we took a break into our relationship history. And obviously, I wouldn't have you on the show if you weren't going to 
have the opportunity to give the listeners your side of like our relationship and the evolution. Sure. Let's start off with, we met on Hinge, mm-hmm. a dating app. Um, I was recently single. How recent for the listeners? Um, I think I was single. When did we meet exactly? Early March. We right like the... matched probably end of February. End of February. So yeah. I think I was a, just under a month single. Wow. Out of a two-year relationship, mm-hmm. which is gnarly to say, mm-hmm. but by the time my last relationship ended, I was really ready to, after a couple of weeks, I was like, all right, I'm ready to get back out and start dating again. And I wasn't looking for anything serious. And I think you were like the first person I matched with. Matched with? I know I was like them. maybe the first person you went out with. Definitely I know. the first one I went out with. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I'm the first person. I'm, I have a terrible memory. COVID. I had COVID. Fog brain. So. <laughs> you can't use that as an excuse <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, and it's funny because Leslie like doesn't believe me, but I still remember her pictures on her profile, mm-hmm. and she looked stunning. I was super attracted to her. It was great. But okay, I don't want to skip ahead too far. But I feel like this is funny to call out because I mentioned it on the show before. But then you said something about how my pictures looked versus how I looked in person. Oh, way better. In person. Yeah, I don't think I'm very photogenic, which uh, is... No, yeah, you are. That's nice. But I don't know. I've, like, gotten that comment before, so I'm Really? Like, yes. Where are they? <laughs> it's another... We'll talk about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was just... It was good, and we had good chemistry, I think, and we had a FaceTime date first. Yeah, so how... Okay, I wanted to ask, how did you feel when I suggested a FaceTime before we actually met? And for listeners, like... We met in March, but when I suggested the FaceTime date, nothing was locked down. It wasn't out of health and safety. Well, I mean, you can tell the story, but that just to give that context, it wasn't like FaceTime dates were normal yet. Yeah, FaceTime dates were not normal yet, and I think that was my first FaceTime date. It was mine as well. And I was first a little caught off guard because <laughs> I've always been like a kind of let's get some coffee or a drink kind of first date kind of guy mm-hmm. um but i really appreciated it actually um and i really appreciated the fact that really i mean looking back it's like yeah it's a no-brainer like you know yeah time is precious and Very. I think the pandemic has showed us that and we just leslie knew that beforehand so I kind of knew that beforehand, but there was also... You're probably dating a lot more, though, you know. Yeah. And I just came out of a relationship, so I didn't know. Well, okay. So to give the full backstory, I've alluded to this before, but... Oh, I know. Yes. So where this isn't a big reveal, it's not like... I'm, I'm looking gonna... at the camera, Heartbreaker. I'm not going <laughs> to just break this for the first time. But when Michael asked me out, it was after... We had tried to connect a couple times. I think our schedules weren't aligned because yes. I remember we matched. And after we matched, I went to San Diego for a couple days. Yeah. And you also had a snowboarding trip. So yes. it had been like hard for us to meet up. Yeah. And I was kind of like, if we don't get something on the calendar, it's just going to fizzle out. You know, like you can't maintain momentum forever. So you asked me out on a date. And the night you had asked me out on, I'd already made a date. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to cancel that date. That's like two bad dates. karma. So I get coffee with this guy, but what I told Michael was that I had to work late. And I was like, how about after work, I will FaceTime you. She knew she wasn't going to have any other plans with that guy after that coffee date. No dinner, nothing. She was like, oh, I mean, I wasn't super excited about it. I had like, 
I won't go into all the details. Did you have a FaceTime date with him beforehand also? I didn't. But it was mm. really interesting because I know this because I had to go back and I was listening to some old recordings. I didn't even air this. Ariel and I had been swiping together. This guy's profile came up. And I remember we were like, oh, I don't know. And we ended up swiping left on him. And Hinge does this thing where sometimes it'll like bring people back, which I think is incredibly rude. And his profile came back and then I matched with him. I don't know. I was like in a different headspace. I didn't like have... Were you like speed fire swiping? I don't think so. I think I was probably on the fence again, though. And I didn't have like a friend's judgment to be like, no, you know, like, again, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. So I was just like, fine. And then we were texting. I was like, he doesn't really seem to have a sense of humor, but like maybe just doesn't translate well over text. Not everyone's a good texter. You would know. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go. Anyway, the day was horrible and it was so awkward. And after an hour, I was like, let me get the fuck out of here. He also lied about voting so that he could get a free macaroon. Oh, that's the guy? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. So by contrast, our FaceTime date was so lovely. It was like a breath of fresh air. It was. I was, I think I was cooking. You I was were. like meal prepping or something when you called. You were cooking. And it was great. And I was like, oh, this is uh, this is actually a good look to cook while yes. on the FaceTime. It was such a move. I didn't even know. I was, I was just like, I got to get this done. So <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, yeah. And then my phone died during the FaceTime because oh we God. like, yeah, I got sucked into it. Um, it was great. Yeah, it was really refreshing. And then not too long after, we actually went on our first date. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the day before... LA shut down officially, like before everything Literally closed. Literally one day before. Like it they was announced tomorrow crazy. everything closes and we're like, we got to go on a date. Yeah. But actually at that point they hadn't announced it, but it was like, you know, the NBA had canceled like their games and like a bunch of other events had been canceled. Like Tom Hanks had COVID. So people were starting to be like, oh shit. And I think we'd already announced that like I wasn't going back to work. So it was like, Oh, things are really yeah. looking questionable. And I remember you texted, and I don't know if you were joking or not, but you were like, maybe we shouldn't go. Yeah, I definitely texted that. Mm-hmm. So. And because I was already seeing COVID at work. Yeah. I'm a paramedic firefighter, firefighter paramedic. Um, But yeah, I feel like I was like, I mean, maybe, but because of our FaceTime date, I was really excited. And like, I hadn't been genuinely excited for a first date in a long time. So I was just like, no, we're going to go on the date. <laughs> I was also excited, but when I walked into the restaurant, Roberta's Pizza, by the way, fantastic. Amazing. I saw her sitting at the bar. Wow. (laughs) I was speechless. It was, oh my God. And then our chemistry was just fantastic. Yeah. And then we went to, we had great pizza. Our bartender was so cool, by the way. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, we had great pizza, good wine. And then we um, we went upstairs to Margo and had really good drinks and- Made out of the bar. We did. It was not like a make out. You like kissed me at the bar. I did kiss you at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. It was honestly like sometimes I still think about that. It was a great date. It was a really amazing date. Like I can't stop smiling even now as I'm talking about it. Yeah. It was was fantastic. And then we went our separate ways. Okay. Well, we can't fast forward that much. I feel like we have to talk about your intentions and I would like to hear from your perspective. Yes. Because you said, like, you just got out of this relationship. I remember you told me you had just gotten out of a relationship. I didn't know at the time. It was only a month. Or that I was your first date. (laughs) So what were your intentions going into the date? And then, like, did they change at all during the date or immediately after the dates? Um, I think during... um, I was looking to meet 
people. That was my intention. And I remember even like a week before I went out with one of my friends before the shutdown, it was like, I was just single again. And he's mm-hmm. like, all right, we're going out to the bars and stuff to try and talk to chicks and whatnot, you know? And I was like, all right, chicks. let's go. And of course, unsuccessful, you know? But I was really just trying to get out there and meet people and get my feet wet again. And I honestly didn't have any spectacular expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was completely caught off guard by our chemistry. I mean, just totally blown away. Um, and of course I was like, yeah, you want to come over after the date? Yeah. I was, I mean, also, you know, I'm a guy. I was like, is he a fuck boy? I mean, you're a fuck boy. (laughs) Wow. So that's not a no. (laughs) I mean, no. I don't think eyebrow raise. Eyebrow raise. So, yeah. And then you said no, like a... Sensible woman. Yes. Strong, strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you could resist, but you I did. I mean, it was tough. For some time. Yeah. And, um, and then you went down to San Diego for like a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was also we... like hard because you were still going into work. and I was. Yeah. I was very much, as someone who was not directly exposed to COVID in my day to day, as you were, mm-hmm. I was like, two weeks, we're going to knock this out. It's going to be great. Looking yeah. back, so freaking naive. And yeah. so I was kind of like, I think even, I'm kind of glad that I had that perspective, though, because I think if I had known how crazy COVID could be and how mm-hmm. serious it was, maybe I wouldn't have hung out with you as much, you know, because it was like, we couldn't go anywhere. So I'd go over to your house. And it was like, you were going to work and like exposed. But I wasn't really thinking like, oh, I could catch COVID. I was just like, I really like this guy. But eventually, it kind of got to a point where I was like, huh, it's been like four weeks. It's not slowing down, like no signs of any restrictions being lifted. And I was just like, I want to go to San Diego for a period of time. Yeah. And I can't do that if I see you immediately mm-hmm. before so yeah i feel like we didn't see each other for two weeks and then two weeks after that i went down to san diego for a whole month yeah so what was that month like on your end it was interesting work was work was actually really slow in a sense of nobody was calling 911 mm-hmm. like really because everyone was so afraid of covid mm-hmm. but we were working a lot didn't have much else going on i was still on the dating apps and stuff mm-hmm. but i wasn't really going out not doing anything because mm-hmm. covid I think I had a few more dates with other healthcare professionals, but nothing really, honestly, nothing that stands out. Hmm. Yeah. And we stayed talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you came back and we um, started seeing each other more regularly. But first. But first. We saw each other once, had a great date, and then it kind of fizzled. Um, we hung out a few times. No. Yes. No. Yeah. No, I came back from San Diego. We'd FaceTimed multiple times while I was yeah. down there. And then we hung out once. And then we were going to hang out again. And we did not. And that was it. So you came back from San Diego. We had one date. Yeah. And then things fizzled out. Mm-hmm. So they fizzled out because the same day we were supposed to go on another date, my ex hit me up. And she wanted to talk and and go for a walk. And I was an idiot and obliged and I canceled 
my date with Leslie. Like last minute, I called her and I said, hey, I'm canceling this day. I told you why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to see my ex. Um, and ultimately, I, I don't regret that because I think it was good closure for uh, myself and her. You know, because I'm sure people know when you break up, things always linger. So I think that was really good closure uh, on both of our ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt fucking terrible. Like, I, like I was a that's a, such an asshole move, like a complete dick move. And um, then not too long after that, I got COVID myself, so I was out of commission. And I I remember feeling like such an asshole and being like, "Fuck, I am not." ready to date i mean it was only like a month and a half i took off from you know the apps and dating and stuff but when i started to get back into it um thought about getting back into it i realized i just i couldn't stop thinking about you Mm. so i again it's not i guess not a zombie thing but we texted and i called you and we Mm -hmm. went to kenneth hahn yeah we went to dinner first we did go to dinner first. But we, I think the dinner was when you, like, explained where you were at and the, yeah. that you got COVID and all this stuff. Yeah. So we went to dinner first. I don't think I could taste much of dinner either because I still had COVID. Oh. Um, you didn't still have COVID. Well, you, know, you had, like, the effects. I had the effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we went out to Kenneth Hahn and we started dating again. And it was good. And then I think, like, a few days later, I was like, hey, I'm going to Utah. My gosh. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to Utah for, like, a week road trip with some coworkers camping mountain biking hiking and i was like on a whim i was like hey i'm leaving tomorrow you want to come yeah and you said yeah (laughs) really wild and uncharacteristically spontaneous for me i mean you're special that's why i asked oh I feel like some mm-hmm. key context to have is also that I think we had just agreed to become exclusive. Oh, yes. And how did that happen? Uh, I was going to ask you because I feel like I've alluded to how it happened on this oh. show, I but think, I would love I to hear your perspective. I would love to hear your perspective first. Okay. From my perspective, we, backtracking a little bit more, had this date at Kenneth Hahn. And before that, you had said all of these lovely things that you just said on the podcast. You were like, yeah, like I was ready to get back out there in dating, but I realized I couldn't stop thinking about you and that I'd already met a great person. So I was like, why don't I try things out with this person before getting back on the apps? And so I was like, that's really nice. And I love that he set that intention and was so upfront about that. Then we go to Kenneth on and you're like, yeah, I had a date last night. And I was like, what? I was just like, this is so contradictory from like what we had talked about at dinner. So I was in this place where I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Like, I felt like it was kind of not that we're exclusive by any means, but that, you know, we were going to try to like date each other more seriously than we Mm -hmm. had in the past and see where it goes. So I was really taken aback. And then we didn't see each other for a little bit. And I think I told myself, I was like, all right, I'm not going to like live in this gray area and I need to express that I just want to kind of know where your head is at and like have a definitive answer. Whereas I think if you had dated me a couple years ago, like I wouldn't have done that. I would have just been like, Oh, when he's ready and like by not bringing it up, it'll make him want it more, which is like really toxic and weird. But anyway, so 
we go to dinner and it had been this weekend where it was super crazy. I was working throughout the entire weekend and that is relevant for a detail that I'll bring up in a moment. Hmm. We go to dinner and I was telling myself, I'm like, at dinner, you're going to bring this up and you're going to be like, so what's going on? And I chickened out. And then we go back to your place and I'm like still chickening out. I'm like, you have to do it. You have to bring it up. And we're like making out at this point, And I'm like, fuck, like you have to do it. You have to bring it. Like you, you literally, it's like the point of no return. Like you need to bring it up now. Like you can't bring it up like after anything further happens. But before I got the chance to bring it up, you kind of looked at me and you're like, what are you thinking about? And I think because I'd been complaining about how stressful work was that weekend, you were like, are you thinking about work right now? And I was like, no, actually, I'm not. And then you're like, okay, so what are you thinking about? And I was just like, I just don't know where your head is at. And then it like launched into this discussion of exclusivity. Yes, yes, it did. And I was caught off guard. Understandably. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like the movies. Now you ask, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I was definitely caught off guard. But I said yes. Yeah, like, I mean, was it like a begrudging yes? No, not at all. I was caught off guard, though. Yeah, yeah. So, And yeah, I think that played into me saying yes to the trip to Moab, because mm. if we hadn't been exclusive, I'd be like, what? Like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. Everybody at Moab was like, how long have you guys been together? Yeah. Kind of an awkward question to yeah. answer. And then when you were away, everyone would be like, you better put a ring on the finger, Michael. <laughs> Everybody was telling me that. Wow. I would do tend to leave that impression. <laughs> But yeah, I know, honestly, it was like this thing where I was just thinking, if you're really going to try and make it work, then you might as well put it to the test. And obviously, I was working remote, I still am. So I was like, fuck it, I can get a hot spot and figure this out and make the trip work. And I think we made it work really well. Yeah. Like, you know, having to stop at a Starbucks parking lot for, you know, an hour so you could do a... Uh, a Zoom call with a fake background from the front seat of my truck. Literally crazy. And I did not mind one minute of it. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Yeah. We had a blast. Yeah. There was part of me that was like, this is potentially very foolish. Not because I thought you were dangerous, obviously. It was more just like, it could be really awkward. Like, we drove oh to God. Utah. It was oh hours God. in the car. And then we, like, stayed in a hotel for some of it. But then we were camping. Like, what if we just didn't get along? We didn't know, know each other for that long at that point. I know. Yeah, but it was so easy. It was a easy. huge risk. It was. And it worked out really well. Huge risk, huge reward. Huge reward. Yeah. Honestly, it might be one of the best we've ever had. Yeah. Same. Like, just in general. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I so even good. went mountain biking for you, and I was sore for you, so many days. You did such a good job, babe. I, it was a humbling experience. Remember we took those showers outside? Oh my god, yes. Yeah, we had like a pop-up shower. Yeah. And we were just like naked in the desert. Literally. <laughs> by your coworkers. <laughs> by my coworkers. That was awesome. So yeah, we had this amazing trip and like I don't know. I think it's I don't want to harp too much on the time that we spent apart because I know it's been kind of a non-linear storytelling, but like that trip was in September of 2020. Yes. Trip was in September of 2020. Um we were just together a lot i think after that mm -hmm. really enjoying each other's company and then i broke up with you in november yeah and so you alluded to the fact obviously like the christmas tree and the interfaith aspect was one yeah. thing that you were using as yes. a scapegoat so um around this time i was working a lot 
and I don't blame my employment by any means, but where I work, there's a shortage of firefighters and paramedics. So on your days off, you're called into work, um, whether you want to work or not, forced overtime. And I was working so much forced overtime, and then it was so busy with COVID, and I wasn't sleeping, and my mental health was really degrading. And with COVID being so so present, I didn't have any real outlets to that I would normally have, like coping mechanisms that I would have to deal with the stuff I deal with at work, which, you know, being a firefighter paramedic, my normal day is generally people's worst day of their lives. So that does take a toll on you. And then doing that without taking breaks, um, day in and day out was just really, you know, fucking me up. And to a point where I realized I didn't think I could be in a relationship and be a good boyfriend and be a good partner. And I was in a really dark place. I didn't recognize myself anymore. That's the honest truth. Like I, yeah. I went to a place where just a few months before I was top of the world to probably one of the worst times of my life. Mm. Um, some matter of months. And even having the most amazing person as a partner, I still wound up going, going there. And through that, I broke up with Leslie. I think you asked me once if I would ever have a Christmas tree in my house. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where I got the excuse to push you away with that from. At the time, I could never imagine it. Um, and um, nothing against Christmas trees. I just didn't grow up with one, you know. Mm -hmm. So I broke up with you, but I also, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. So got therapy, started taking medication you know, to help me with my anxiety that I was dealing with and took some time, cleared my head and really started working on myself and putting myself back together. And in February, I took a road trip down to Baja, California um, with some friends. And it was a, the entire time driving down. It was a long drive. It was like a 16-hour day of driving. Wow. I remember thinking how much better this trip would be with Leslie by my side and how much she would love this. And it kind of put a damper on my trip because I kept on thinking about how much I missed her and how much I wanted her to be there and how much I wish we could experience this together. And I, you know, I ruined that. I, I did that. That was all me. It was still a good trip. I saw a lot of fun but I couldn't stop thinking about her. And talk about listening to your podcast. Mm. I listened to your podcast, you know, quite a bit on that trip. Nice. Just because I missed you so much. And I decided then that, like, it's insane, you know, it's ridiculous. But I am going to put myself out there again. And I started texting you. Yeah. On that trip, I started texting you. Because you I I feel like I'm going to start crying. But I'm not. Oh, I do. Stop. I'm like tearing up. But it's like. I'm just so full of energy for you. I can't even describe it if it was just like I wanted to just jump out of my car and run back to LA for you. Doing that without you made me realize how much I missed you and how much I wanted to do, share those moments with you. Mm -hmm. 
so immediately, of course, I start texting her and kind of like fuckboy style, I guess you could say, just like kind of <laughs> casual, like, hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> I am kind of a dunce. And when I said, oh, yeah, let's meet up on the Sunday I get back, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was Valentine's Day. That I knew you didn't realize. I, I had no like, idea. I honestly had no idea it was Valentine's Day when I messaged you. But yeah. I just wanted to see you. I was just like, uh, I feel like that's kind of awkward. Like, he probably doesn't know. He doesn't realize. I didn't, I didn't even realize. I was like, At what point did you realize? Because at one point you were like, when we were talking about where we wanted to go. And I was like, oh, I want to get sushi, but you don't like sushi. Yeah. And then you said, oh, but it's Valentine's Day. I want to treat you. So, like, at what point did you realize? And was there a moment of panic where you were like, I should probably pick another day? Well, I think I knew I was coming back on a saturday night yeah i think and yeah. i said i want to see you immediately so let's meet up on sunday and then after i said that's like oh fuck that's valentine's day mm-hmm. and i was like all right whatever you know yeah. um i want to treat her like the queen that she is mm. so it worked out well i was i mean talk about grand gestures i guess you know unintentional grand gestures yeah <laughs> you know um it's not even a grand gesture but you know yeah it was great for my end, it was it was great, and it really solidified that. You know, for me, like sticking with it and like going with my gut and my intuition, and the fact that she agreed, you know, and the fact that she can, the fact that you, I'm talking about she, like the mm-hmm. fact that I mean the fact that you agreed to have dinner with me, and the fact that you or even texting with me shows mm-hmm. how mature you are and how amazing you are as a partner, but also as a person. Cause you completely understood when I broke up with you, what I was going through and you respected it and you gave me my space, which I needed. Um, and you didn't hold it against me, which is really, it's just unfathomable. And another reason why I'm just the luckiest man in the world to have this beautiful person sitting across from me. Mm-hmm. And how much I hate having this table and computer and, and <laughs> oh, that's so I can't just, I can't just throw it out of the way and kiss her. You know? <laughs> but anyways, we have this amazing dinner and yes, I don't like sushi that much, mm-hmm. but I eat it for lesson. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was just, it was great. I think what stood out to me is that, yes, I had been texting you and I didn't hold any feelings of like malice or like ill will. Like I did understand where you were coming from and like sympathized with that, you know? And so I was like, he needs to take this break, of course. But... I didn't know necessarily what you wanted out of the dinner. I was like, maybe it's an attempt to be friends or to clear the air, get closure, make sure my Achilles was healing, you know, like it could be any number of things. And so I went into it a little guarded, a little cautious. And I think one thing that stood out to me was that the guard that I had been trying to keep up, it just kind of fell immediately And it was just very easy to fall back into like how easily we connect and like how comfortable you made me feel. So that definitely stood out to me. How was the breakup on your end? And the like couple months after? I mean, I will say, and I've like alluded to this on the podcast, I think overall it was like a very dark time and it wasn't like 
I couldn't understand why you needed to end things. Like, I totally got that. But I was like, that sucks. Like, it always sucks when you go through a breakup with someone who you care about. And I think I was a a little bit hurt, you know, because I was just like, you know, if you're going through something, just say that rather than using other scapegoats to try and push me away and create distance. So there was that. Obviously, like I just said, my Achilles was torn. And it was like the time when the pandemic got so bad again, like there was another shutdown. And I was just kind of like, I lost this person who's like a big part of my life. I don't have any other connections to really lean on right now because no one's doing anything. You know, it's not like there's any distractions or activity. To your point earlier, you said you didn't have any of those like outlets. And that's how I felt. And I was like, I'm going through this horrible injury. And so it was pretty shitty, I think. But I was just kind of like, this is what he needs to do. And I really was like, I wish you the best. And I meant that. But I really didn't think we were ever going to speak again. Yeah. That was tough. That was, that was tough. Sorry I did that to you. I mean, I don't think you need to apologize, right? Because, like, you had to go through that. And I think maybe if you had just tried to push through and not addressed what you were going through head on, that the relationship might have deteriorated and then there might have actually been ill will. Yeah. What are you thinking right now? I'm thinking that when I broke up with you, I don't even think I could, I was even looking, you know, a month in the future. I was so focused on the immediate that I didn't even think about getting back together with you or with anybody. Um, but when I started to come out of that, you're the only person I could think about. It's really nice to hear. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's so crazy to reflect on all of that and like, the timing, like literally the day this comes out, it'll be a year minus one day from that rekindling. I know. And since that day, you continue to be a huge reason of why I try and better myself Hmm. to be a better partner. Honestly, I feel the same about you. And I think that is tantamount to a good partnership. Honestly, it's like when both people feel that their partner inspires them to be a best version of themselves. And I think that can take a number of forms, like it can be in a number of areas. But yeah, I think the fact that that feeling is reciprocated by us both is part of why our relationship is strong. And I can't believe it's almost a year. Same. And on my end, it's been a great year. It has. It has been a great year. It has been fantastic. Not without ups and downs. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think what's interesting though is like, um, and we've had so much adventure in this year, yeah, and so many ex- like shared experiences, um, and like a lot of fun, and we haven't had a lot of. I'm talking about like arguments mm-hmm. and like real relationship shit, yeah, um, and like. I know we talk about like, oh, we're forever in the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. And it, it does feel like that. But I don't know where I'm going. I'm just saying, I guess I'm going to go with like, no relationship is perfect, but I love, no relationship is perfect. You can probably call this shit out. 
probably doesn't fit here, but like, you know, no relationship is perfect, but the fact that we're trying so hard to make it work and communicate with each other makes it that much better. Yeah. I've never had a relationship like this. Yeah. I can't, it's the best. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I feel like there's been a lot to reflect on, but it's just kind of nice to see that we were able to kind of make it through a lot of ups and downs and come out stronger on the end of it. Yeah. We're really lucky. I agree. Well, hopefully people haven't like turned off their podcast because this is so sappy because I want to pivot into some questions. And so this Mm. is what I was alluding to before where I got relationship questions. Maybe one or two were submitted by me, but really it is like 99% questions that were submitted from people. Hit them, lay them out. Okay. So I'm going to start with the softball and I feel like that's a good way to like reset and just, you know, lighten up from like our previous portion of the discussion. And I'm going to give you the rationale for asking after you provide your answer. What type of milk do you put in your coffee? Almond milk. Almond milk. vanilla. I put in the same, which is very nice because then if we spend the night at each other's place, we are both satisfied with the option. We're both very satisfied after we spend the night at each other's place. Okay. Sorry, Alyssa's mom. All right. All right. We're taking it there. You're not wrong. But anyway, (laughs) so the person who submitted the question brought up a great point because at first I was like, oh, it's like a joke question. Mm -hmm. And they said, actually, it gives a lot of indirect insight. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, it actually does. Because they were saying it kind of alludes to your values, what type of milk you drink, your income bracket, like your stance on like environmental stuff. And this is to use like two very extreme examples. But for example, if you were to envision someone who says, I exclusively use hemp milk, and then someone who says, obviously, I use whole cow milk, you're going to elicit two vastly different images of those people. So I was like, that's fair. You can actually like take out at least some like assumptions, maybe stereotypical about someone based on their response to that. I think that's a very prejudiced way to view somebody's choice on milk. Until you ask them why, you'll never know. Yeah. Like, why do I like... Ask me why... You, like, why do you like almond milk? That's all I'd say. That's all you gotta do. I like almond milk because... I don't know. Milk just kind of grosses me out. Why? I don't know. It's just like... I see it. I'm a hypocrite. I can't even tell you why. It's just like... Because I eat cheese. Like, I'll eat ice cream. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't think it's prejudice because I don't think the yeah. submitter was like saying this in order to judge i mean there's memes about that all over where it's like um no i only drink oat milk lattes and then you have like a charcuterie board that night yeah um i think it's just it is what it is also like i really like the way it tastes Mm -hmm. like i really like the way almond milk tastes okay that's fair so you gotta support the almond industry yes we do and we have a very specific reason why but we'll dive into that Okay, so a natural follow-up. <laughs> when you are consuming an alcoholic beverage, what is your drink of choice? And as a very specific subset of that question, what's your favorite Israeli beer? Uh, drink of choice right now. I'm really into beers right now. Mm-hmm. Just lagers. Just lagers and um, or an old-fashioned. Love an old-fashioned. Um, favorite Israeli beer, be Gold Star. Okay. Favorite place to drink it would probably be Tangerine. Well, that answers for one very specific person. Yes, you submitted it is. that, and I'm sure you know who it is. 
So the next question I have, and this is, no joke, a direct quote from the Instagram question submission box. Mm. Are you aware that you have the most fucking awesome girlfriends? And before you answer, so for obvious reasons, I like replied and I was like, oh, I'm going to start off the interview with that, you know, like jokingly. And then someone else also asked, why is Leslie the best girl you ever dated? So I was like, okay, like, let's take it seriously and like get some real insights from this. So I want to combine both of those questions and say, if someone in your life were to ask, what do you like about Leslie? What would you say? Yes, I am aware that I have the most fucking awesome girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, how much time do you got? Oh my gosh. Well, just like a little elevator pitch. Elevator pitch of why Leslie is the greatest partner a man could ever ask for is that you make me feel like the most special person in the world. And it's not just when you do things for me, but it's when I have the opportunity to do things for you too. Wow. You are kind and understanding and so driven and you work so hard at what you pursue. It's one of my favorite things about you, how dedicated and motivated you are. I love it. Hmm. I do. And you're, tastes are so elegant really oh yeah babe yeah you smooth out all my rough edges i love it oh that's so nice yeah oh my gosh okay well i feel like we have to give you some credit as well so as a reverse why do you think that you're the best guy i ever dated and like what do you think that you bring to the table and i'm happy to answer after you give your response what do i bring to the table yeah um passion and empathy mm -hmm. respect and I I care I think I I think you can see that like and how much I just try and snuggle you all the time <laughs> or you know with love languages, I think you're probably the only person that's brought out every single love language out of me, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that's a hard, hard, I don't, hard question to answer. It is an awkward question to answer. Yeah. But I guess from my perspective, I guess I can really attest to the fact that you are a very kind person. Like, you really care about people, and it shows. And that's not just about me. Like, that is apparent, but I feel like that's just how you approach life, and it goes beyond your career. It's just in, like, every single interaction that I've seen of you. And I remember when, like, I would tell girlfriends, like, oh, I'm dating this guy, and, you know, the first question is, like, oh, can I see a picture? And I'd, like, show them your hinge or a picture that we had taken or something. Everyone always said, oh, he looks really kind. And I was like, it just radiates from you. It's, like, really amazing. And I think another thing which from my perspective is very evident just from this discussion. Like you're a very great communicator and not just the fact that you're very articulate and wow, as I mispronounced the word, <laughs> uh, you're very articulate and like you really think through what you want to say, but I feel like you're just very intentional about it and communicating how I feel is definitely something that I've always needed to work on in relationships. I think I've gotten better at it as each relationship has passed, but I think you have really done the most to make me feel comfortable doing that and to just 
bring that out of me. And I think that is a big factor in why our relationship is healthy. I definitely tell you everything. Yeah. For good and for, for bad. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But I love that I can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that I know I can tell you anything. Yeah. It's... <sighs> We've gone too long without just being this far apart, babe. This is business, Leslie. And business, sorry, business, I Leslie. I do apologize. For the next few minutes. So. Yes. Okay. So the next question, obviously, from the story we just told, like our path to commitment isn't the most linear. And I guess on the broader scale, do you think that guys are more hesitant to commit? And if so, why do you think that is? Uh, I don't. I don't think guys are more hesitant to commit. You don't? Okay. Well, I guess there's a follow up there then. No, I don't. I think it just depends on where people are in life. Yeah. And everybody is unique and has different wants and needs. And if those two don't align, then you're not going to have commitment in a relationship. That's fair. That you're looking for. So it's, you know, timing is important. So from your perspective, what is something that signals to you that someone is worth committing to? I think somebody is worth committing to when they begin to open up and share um, the good and the bad. You know, when they let down their guard Mm. and you get to the real nitty gritty stuff, the unpleasant stuff of the, in everybody's life. And when they express it, like if, you know, you have to put out your intentions. You can't hope that somebody says something or does something if it's on your mind. Like when you were holding it in all night, you know, and then finally you you, you asked me, you know, I'm so happy you did that. Oh, like about being exclusive. About being exclusive. I'm happy you did that, you know. That's fair. Like you have to put yourself out there. And you have to be vulnerable. And being vulnerable is the key to creating that intimacy and getting closer to somebody is putting yourself out there, just taking risk. Yeah. If your partner isn't willing to take a risk and you're not willing to take that risk, then there's not going to be any compatibility. That's fair. Yeah. Or a commitment. Yeah. That's true. You have to be all in. You got to be all in. And that's why it's either a fuck yes or a no. Yeah. There's no in between. No room for gray area. So, okay, pivoting to a new question. So clearly, maybe not to the listeners, but we are different in a lot of ways. And to give an example, anyone who knows me knows I love Beyonce so much. And just like a couple weeks ago, you just learned she was married to Jay-Z. We like talked about the fact that I love sushi and you don't love sushi. Yes. So I feel like, you know, these are not different values. They're just like kind of differences in like interests or preferences. How much impact do you think those types of differences have on a relationship if any i don't think they have any negative impact on our relationship Mm -hmm. it creates a like a wider array of experiences that we can share together Mm -hmm. you know because if we both listen to the same music and watch the same tv shows and always want to do the same thing then we're never going to have an opportunity to really experience different things and get outside of our bubble yeah, and get uncomfortable 
And the only way to grow is to leave your comfort zone and experience something new. That's very And I wouldn't say listening to Beyonce for, you know, or Jay-Z is uncomfortable, but yeah. I wouldn't normally ever listen to It's not to your them. default. Yeah, I would never, you know what kind of music I listen to. Yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah. Punk rock. And, but when I'm with you, I get to listen to other music and it's fun. And mm. you, you know, I get so much out of that. And I think you get the same from me. Oh, yeah. Vice versa. I've started listening so, to bands you've like introduced me to. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess as a tangential question, I think that differences in interests can kind of like allow for opportunities to gain space from your partner. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a relationship, like what type of balance do you like to have in terms of like having space versus time together? I don't think that's ever something I really consciously thought about. Hmm. I think a more appropriate response for me, because honestly, I've never thought about like, oh, this is time I want by myself, you know? I think it's more important to still be your own person. Yeah. And that's, again, goes with saying it's okay if we like different things and have different interests. Mm -hmm. As long as you respect them and they're not hurtful interests or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, the fact that we each can do our own thing and, and support each other in that and then also occasionally partake in those interests is really cool. Yeah. And... I have no, like, I don't have any jealousy in me when you go do something with your friends or, and you know, I won't be interested in. Yeah. So, and sometimes it's good to, you know, we don't live together, but we do spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. But even if we did live together and when you stayed with me for a whole month, when I had my knee surgery, you know, we weren't together every second. Yeah. So even in the same house. Yeah. Which you is fine. Still find space. Yeah. If you had to identify something that each of us could work on to improve our relationship, what would it be? For me, uh, more bicep curls and sit-ups. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think we're doing pretty good. Um, I think we could always work on our communication skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And being... Not holding stuff in. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and acknowledging that we are not perfect mm-hmm. and that that's okay. Yeah. Because you still make me smile every day. Mm. So sweet. Okay. What about you? Huh. Wow. I was not prepared to answer that question. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, I would agree that I think I need to work on communicating more transparently I think and I've improved a lot over the years like I said earlier but I think you know there are some times where I'm just trying to strike a balance of not being super reactive but also not holding something in so figuring out what that balance is honestly yeah so What's one thing that you think I've brought out in you? And then conversely, what's one thing that you think I have influenced you to either stop doing or do less? Something you've brought out in me. I don't think I've ever been this excited about life. It just feels life has like 
gone from black and white to color. Wow. And it makes me just really excited about... You're such a poet. Yeah, okay. So I'm corny is what I am. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's why it's, like, I definitely have, have thought I was in love before. But this is, this is different. This is... This is... I can't even describe it. I'm on a podcast. I'm supposed to be talking. And I can't even describe it. <laughs> You're doing but a great what job. But what you've brought out in me is you've definitely given me energy and passion for life that I didn't know I had. So, yeah. Just happiness. And what about on the flip side? Oh, smoking. There you go. Mm. That's like not a big one. Obviously, I shouldn't smoke, but you know. Yeah. Um, I still having the occasional cigarette, um, but I don't do that anymore. So you're helping me with my health and safety. No cigars, no cigarettes, no vaping, nothing. Very happy tobacco to free. Hear that. Very happy to hear that. Um, yeah, I can't think of. That's fair. That's a fair answer. Okay, so this next question is a very important one because both the question submitter and anyone who's listened to her no. episodes on the podcast know, my mom can be tough. Do you think that you have won my mom's seal of approval? Um, I'm never going to stop trying for it. That's good. I would never want you to. Yeah. So I don't think you can ever... Um, Stop trying to to win your partner's um, friends or family's yeah. seal of approval. Yeah. Like, that's just complacency. No one likes that. Yeah. Okay. So, because this is a Valentine's Day episode, I have to ask one date-related question. What is your ideal first date? And what was your worst first date? Ideal first date... Um, FaceTime while making dinner. <laughs> okay, idea. outside of me, like, let's say you could plan a date for, like, The Bachelor. You could do whatever you wanted. Um, an ideal first date. I've always been just a huge fan of, of keeping first dates simple. Mm-hmm. Getting a cup of coffee, getting a drink, like, happy hour drink. Not, like, going to, like, a bar. You gotta keep it short, have it out. And if you can't make conversation out of nothing, then that's it. Yeah. I think having all those gimmicks at the on the Bachelor are just distractions. Yes, I get, you know, they use them to grow experiences and experience unique things together and maybe break down some walls between people, but it's a TV show. Mm, yeah. Like, you need to be able to just hang out. At a park and sit on the grass and have a conversation. I mean, I agree. It's not a very fun answer, but it is a realistic answer. Sorry. Okay, what about your worst first date? Um, I think uh, a movie is a terrible first date. Well, I'm talking about, like, an experience that actually happened. Oh, for me? Yes. Oh, my worst first date. Oh, man. Um, hmm. Hmm. I don't know if I've ever had, like, a really bad first date. Like, mm. just a horrible first date before. 
I mean, I've had dates where I didn't like the person. I knew right off the bat. Okay. You know? I can't really think of like a date where I'm like, oh my God, what is happening right now? Mm. Kind of first date. Yeah. I know, boring answer. Yeah, I was hoping to get some juice, but. Yeah. I, okay. Um, honestly, I'm trying, like nothing outlandish, like nothing spectacular or super embarrassing. Yeah. Sorry, heartbreakers. <laughs> I'm boring. Wah, wah, wah. Well, that's okay, because before we end, we have a game to play. Oh, yes, we do. Okay, so to give a little context around this, this wasn't a fight, but actually this caused like some disagreement. And I remember being surprised. I was like, people don't want to just answer hypothetical questions all day. So it was like I was trying to force Michael to answer these questions that an influencer who I really like posts to her Instagram and they range from everything. Like she's a dating influencer. So it's like a lot of dating questions, but then it can be honestly anything. And I backed off then, but we are on interstates and heartbreak and I do tend to end my episodes with a game. Yes, you do. So I feel like it's only fitting and now I get to force you to do it. Let's do it. And you can just, you don't have to like go in depth because I picked a lot of them. So you can just like give your, gut instinct but if you feel the need to justify why or why not Mm -hmm. feel free okay okay first question is it your partner's business what you did while you were on a break hmm i want to say no but they have a right to answer and if you're back together then if they do ask you then you should answer honestly And they should also be prepared to accept that answer. So does that mean, let's say I were to be like, what did you do while we were on a break? You would say like, oh, I have to tell you. Or could you just be like, I don't really want to discuss that. I would say you should, that, I would say your partner should tell you. Like if you ask me something, I'm not going to So your answer is yes, it is your partner's business. If they want to know, then yeah. But if they don't care, no, like I'm not, I don't ask you about like your past exes and stuff, you know? You don't have to. You can listen to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> um, um, interesting. I feel like if you want to tell your partner, sure. But I, I do feel like if someone were to say, I don't want to discuss that, that would be fair. That, yeah, absolutely. That you're contradicting yourself. I guess it's, you can do whatever you want, you know? Let's make it really situational. Okay. If you asked me, what did you do while we were on a break? And I said, like, I would really rather not share that. Would that be acceptable or no? Yes. Okay, great. We're on the same page. Yes, we are. Okay. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. Why? I mean, it's like the classic Ross and Rachel. It's like, we were on a break. I don't know. It kind of is in the same vein as do I need to know all of your dating history? If we weren't together and you don't feel the need to tell me about something, as long as it wasn't life-changing and it's like, oh, actually, in the two months we were apart, I impregnated someone. Yeah, then I deserve to know. But if there's nothing lingering there, then who cares? Yeah. I like it. Changed my mind. I'm very good at that. (laughs) So the next one, would you rather be in a relationship with someone who loves you but cheats on you or with someone who is loyal but is an asshole? What? <laughs> See, this is why this game is ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? Not this game. This that question is ridiculous. I wouldn't be with either of those people. You that it's a game. I'm not being. It's a game. Okay, yes. I'd be with the person that cheats on me. Okay. Because it makes life interesting. 
I think I would too, because it's like, who I wants to be with an asshole yeah, either way? Yeah, who wants to be an asshole all day? Yeah. 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 It sucks. Can I but... cheat on that person too? Yeah, probably. So just have an open relationship? Sweet. Mm. <laughs> Questionable. But yeah, I would pick that too. <laughs> Wait, do I know she's cheating on me? I would like, does she know that I know? I don't know. Ooh. That's a good question. And I'm just like living with that and I'm like... That is a good Angry all the time and I'm just question. like on eggshells. Hmm. Or am I just like, cool, cheat on me, whatever. I am. Yeah. She doesn't know that you know. It's not like you have an open relationship. Like oh, okay. it is cheating. Yeah, I guess I, I definitely want to do that versus dealing with an asshole all day. Yeah. It's like being with a bully. Yeah, that's no one likes terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Okay, so that's I guess terrible. this is a great follow-up question. <laughs> is it possible for someone to still love you but cheat on you? No. I don't think so. Hmm. No, I don't think so. I think it's possible, but I wouldn't want to be with that person. Really? Yeah, I think you can love someone and, like, cheat for a number of people cheat for a ton of reasons. Like, insecurity, um, feeling neglected. I think it's just, like, that's a sign that you're dealing with a partner who can't process those feelings in a mature way. But, yeah, I think you could still love someone and cheat on them, technically. Do you want to be with that person? Like, probably not. They're still an asshole. I don't think it's justified just because they're like, oh, but I love you. I just think that people can get confused and take out their own issues through infidelity. I guess that that then leads to what is your definition of love? That is so deep. I don't even have an answer. Yeah. So in my mind, you can't love somebody and then cheat on them. I feel like because if you truly love someone, you wouldn't do anything to hurt them necessarily. But I guess that's probably a pretty, might be a juvenile way to think of love in like a puppy dog kind of way. Yeah, I just think it's a little reductionist. Yeah, but I guess that's how I, I want love to be. I think it's, yeah, that's ideal. I just don't know if you could truly love someone and cheat on them. I think it's just a toxic love. Yeah. That's true of toxic love. Yeah. Okay, next question. Would you rather never fight, but then have a massive blowout fight every few months? Or would you rather fight every week, but like you get over it quickly? Fight every week, but I get over it quickly. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And I think if you're doing that after so many weeks, you just get used to it. And then you'd, not in the sense of like, oh, it's normal to fight every week, but hopefully we, like, my partner and I, you and I, we fight every week. We get really good at it. And That's we can, true. Move past it faster. Yeah. We can be like, yeah, okay, we're two human people that are having experiences. And sometimes those experiences bleed into our lives and, you know. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you have a friend, they're hooking up with a person, and you don't think that person is very into them, should you tell your friend? Um, I mean, are they just hooking up or are they like, is my friend like really into that person and looking to pursue a romantic relationship with them? I think the assumption is that there's a hope for a romantic relationship. I don't know if I would, because who am I to judge, you know, Mm. by what that person's doing just while we're hanging out and not behind closed doors. That's fair. Or we're not together. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's fair. I would only tell if I was asked 
directly, for my opinion. Yes, if I was asked directly, or if I saw any abusive behavior, verbal, especially physical, I would definitely say something. Yeah, immediately. But if I saw any type of emotional abuse going on, I also would definitely say something. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so if a guy tells you that they're free when you are, but then doesn't reach out, is the ball in your court, or are they just not that into it? And for the purposes of this question, let's assume it's like a heterosexual situation. Okay. Um, so if the guy says he's free when you are, he's then hoping to put the ball in your court, because I would imagine that person doesn't have the confidence to be vulnerable and put themselves out there to make it happen. Mm, it's all back to vulnerability. It goes all back to putting yourself out there. If yeah. you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to make it happen. One of the things I love about you the most is you're always putting yourself out there. Going after going after it. I Whatever try. It is. I try. So, yeah. Like, that girl should be like, what the fuck? Does <laughs> he want or not? And if she's feeling it, then she should say, yeah, let's hang out. Yeah. But he should also say, yeah, let's hang out. I, I think agree. just saying, yeah, I'm free. That's you're lame. Free. I'd be Yeah, it's lame. I think I would I actually be pretty turned off. I would totally be turned off by and that. And I think it's fair to be turned off. I think if I you're someone who is agree. like, I don't care, I don't mind making the first move, then that's great. But if you're like, actually, no, I want someone who's more confident, then that's also fine. Totally fine. I would totally turn me off. Yeah. Okay. If you don't know if your significant other is the one after a year, should you stay together and find out or should you move on? Um, I don't really believe in the one. Mm. So I believe in, um, you know, there's 6 billion people in this world. 8 billion. Are there 8 billion now? Yeah. Where have I been the last 2 billion? <laughs> wow. Um, so 8 billion people. Um, yeah, I don't believe in the one. But I believe that when you, and I don't believe people should look for the one either. I guess this question isn't necessarily about the one. Like if you're with someone and you're, and you can't see yourself spending the rest of your life with them necessarily, you're like, I don't know. After, okay, a, year, after a year. Yes. Then, um, I get so deep with these, babe. That's why you can't ask me these questions. Cause <laughs> I would say, well, what's, what are your intentions? Are your intentions to look for, are your intentions trying to find somebody that you hope to spend the rest of your life with and you don't know if that after a year they are that person, I would say if you think they might be and you guys are both communicating that, you know, that's something you want, but you're still not sure, then I'll say, yeah, stick together. But if that person is, you know, blowing you off or not reciprocating any intimacy or the vulnerability that you're sharing, then I'll say move on, find somebody on your level and with your same expectations yeah. and matches your same compatibility. Okay. That's fair. A very deep answer. Yeah. Okay. Next question. And we're going to end with two very light ones. So is it a red flag or no big deal if your significant other keeps photos of their ex on Instagram? Uh, I don't think that's a big deal. Those are, it's your life. You know, those are people in your life that, um, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last question also related to Instagram, would you rather I have all of my Instagram photos with you in them or none of my Instagram photos with you in them? This is a tough question. Okay. This is a tough question. 
Um, I would probably... I hate these questions. <laughs> ah, the Graham. Ah, the Graham. Getting me with the Graham. With the final <laughs> the Graham question. Leslie knows how I feel about the Graham. Oh, very polarizing. Um, okay, I would totally go with... Yeah, fuck it. Put me in every picture on Instagram. Wow. Everyone. Okay. But I need to get approval before you post. That's very interesting from someone who doesn't even go on Instagram. Like, why do you care so much what you look like in the picture? You don't really have, like, a social media presence. Well, if you put me in every picture, I will. Yeah, but, like, would you then sign up for an account and, like, start using it? Or would this be, like, a passive thing that they're just out there? I mean, it would just be a passive thing that they're out there, but I wouldn't have control of it. That's fair. Of what's going out there. It'd That's very like, fair. Yeah. Okay. That's why I don't have a huge social media presence. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we dove into so much. Normally, I close out my episodes with being like, where can people find you? But you can't. that is irrelevant <laughs> in this case. So I'll just say thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for supporting the podcast, for supporting me. And thank you for finally introducing yourselves to the Interstates and Heartbreak audience. It was a pleasure. I had an amazing time. Me too. All right. Thanks, everyone. Well, I will plug where you can find me. As always, you can find me at Interstates and Heartbreak, all spelled out on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find me and a few pictures of Michael at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. Bye. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.